You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Best frequencies forever. I'm She Wolf. And I'm Beatrix Grazegard. We'll be casting witchy vibes and sonic spells until 6 p.m. So gather around, light a candle, and levitate with us. You just heard B-52s dance this mess around. Before that was Essential Logic with Brute Fury. Starting off that set was French Vanilla with Evolution. I think those are all good jams for this full moon lunar eclipse. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, full moon lunar eclipse today in Capricorn, uh, which is a lot in addition to five planets retrograde right now. Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto. And uh, I think we're pretty familiar on this show at this point with what Mercury retrograde brings, um, you know, communication, travel delays, uh, transit, double checking your plans, Mm -hmm. making plans if you're not a planning person, giving yourself extra time. Um, But the, the sort of like middle and outer planets are a pretty interesting uh retrograde pattern which we'll talk about briefly but let's talk about the moon first yeah are you are you feeling any strange effects yeah you know i think my my sort of wolf hairs (laughs) are definitely being pulled and it's that sort of thing where i was like you know i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i believe in this until it happens and i'm like ah you know just yeah. like yanking at, at my at my fur and uh and and full moons tend to affect me more i think because i was born on a full moon oh that's right and and you have a moon in capricorn so this is probably unique to you too i think i described it to you as like having a second critical mom voice in your brain at all times <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, I was thinking, um, actually, this thought popped in my head on my way over here that I was feeling very, like, werewolfy today. Yeah. Like, uh, like my soul needs to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's very, like, live wire feeling. Well, it's funny that you say sneeze because uh, one of the things that um, I've, I've read about this uh, particular full moon lunar eclipse and a way to approach it is is this idea of a, a gentle de-clogging a gentle <sighs> gentle cleansing. de-clogging yes that there might be some some sludge that we have to kind of mm. uh, face and I've been watching the new Stranger Things which is really sludgy <laughs> it's very sludgy um, so I think I have like sludge on the brain um but yeah, this is a time for, you know, full moon lunar eclipses are, are a time for clarity. Um, it might be a time of opening, witnessing, facing hard truths about yourself. Uh, this might be a good time to purge, to cleanse, to declog, as we just mentioned. But doing that um, in, in a kind and therapeutic way, because this is a really intense amount of energy that we're dealing with um maybe pause before having a reaction observe your you know reactions and and kind of act with intention around that and the capricorn moon is 
is related to doing that kind of difficult inner work. Capricorn can be a very critical voice. Um, and it's also linked to things like ambition and money and success and capitalism. Um, it might be a good time to kind of reflect upon your inner critic around mm. those topics. Oof. Yeah. I just got like a rejection today, like from mm. a submitting something, which if you're any kind of a writer, creator is just like par for the course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. But it definitely, I was like, it, it shifted my sort of brain from like, cool, let's celebrate everything in the positives column to like, ooh, let's go down this list of negatives. Yeah. And yeah. let's be really harsh about all of them. And I, I was like, that's my Capricorn brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's, yeah, it's tough to, to kind of like hold both. Right? Yeah. And be in kind of that like counting your blessings. Place. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I just picked up, I'm totally now I'm looking it up because the name is escaping me. She just came to the Ruby. Oh, mm. Kate Mc, no. She wrote the book called Moon Lists. Oh, yeah. I've uh, seen that Instagram account. Yeah. And I picked up the book. Um, it's kind of like a journaling ritual, um, it's a, a workbook filled with questions, list making ideas, and prompts for taking inventory of the self, mm. all things that please the Capricorn moon in me. And I was like, also like this inspired aesthetically by 1960s, 70s instruction and DIY manuals. And I was mm. also like, yes, I love that too. But um, on, when you open to the first page, it's just this like picture and it just says, maybe this month is supposed to be hard. And I was like, that actually makes me feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I had this um, experience in the past week where I, I feel like, you know, in, in the making of our book, we've had a lot of conversations about like when belief in these things emerges and when it falls away. And I've had this experience of like, Oh, when there's like a whole lot of stress, mm. these things actually do kind of like turn a corner in yeah. my mind the way that they probably don't need to when things are a little more smooth. Um, also, I love an inventory of things. Yeah. It's really, um, it reminds me of, also, if you're a, fa if you're a fan of, of Sheila von Eye's book, this, this book is a great, like, twin to it. Mm. Like, it just, it's like a great, it just, like, digs even deeper in terms of, like, rituals and, and journaling. Um, and I'm, like, kind of picky with those kinds of books. Um, yeah. And one of the things I like about this book is, like, more more or less, like, each week is, is similar, and you're just sort of recording, like where you are at each week and like the things you're ingesting and like thinking whether that's like movies or music or tv shows or like mm. textures um and then she has kind of this rotating list of prompts but the goal is that like then over this whole cycle you know of a year you're sort of seeing like how things shifted on like a month by month basis mm. yeah i love that i also have been thinking a lot about how like our personal relationships to these things um, can kind of like change once you have to talk about them, like especially yeah. in a public uh, situation like, you know, a lot of these book events we've been to, it feels like, I mean, to use a metaphor from uh, 
from physics, like a collapsing of a wave function, you know, where like these personal relationships um, to these tools can be so multifaceted and deep. But once you have to kind of like transfer that information to someone else, it almost flattens it to a point where it's like easier to 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 write off or discard Mm -hmm. and i've been kind of like finding myself like looping back around with with like considering things like astrology and tarot again Mm -hmm. after a a while away yeah and i think part of that was having to kind of talk about and explain it and having to defend it in some places Mm -hmm. um yeah it really makes it like i don't know it really really makes it easier to be like "Eh." Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's completely arbitrary. Yeah, except when it's not. Except when it's not. I also like to allow for those things. Um, I wanted to read just a couple of the questions that she has in the book that you kind of recurrently answer because I think they might be helpful mm-hmm. to people. One is, um, what happened that doesn't have an explanation? Which mm. is something that I wow. grapple with a lot. <laughs> Uh, or always it reminds me of that when my favorite umwamwa which we may talk about today as your loyal umwamwa reporters (laughs) we have more news Uh, but yet also makes me think of one of my favorite Zora Neale Hurston quotes which I'm sure I've said on air before which is there are years that ask questions and years that give answers oh yeah Uh, yeah so what happened that doesn't have an explanation um what was felt more deeply because it took you back to your past is one. Oh, yeah. Uh, one is James Salter wrote, life is weather, life is meals. Describe a meaningful moment <laughs> involving each in the last month. Oh, yeah. Life I is love weather, that. life is meals. That also makes me think of Ruby founder Rachel Kong. Oh. Because uh, she wrote a really great piece for Lucky Peach years ago when I was working with her. Um about keeping a food diary and oh, how that yeah. was like a way for her to um, count time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's such a such a beautiful piece. Also, if you're in San Francisco, Rachel is doing is moderating an interview tonight with um, the author of Three Women at the oh. Assembly, which I'm going to. Which I'm really curious about this book. Um, hold on, Lisa Tadio. Mm. Um, it is a she followed around three women for like 10 years and basically um okay i'm sorry eight spent eight years covering the lives of three women and it's centered around like sex and desire particularly mm. like female desire um anyways shout One out to rachel I, yeah i was yeah. like oh i really want to see this but yeah anyway shout out to this moon lists book which i immediately ordered and thanks to the ruby for introducing me to it yeah, there's something I love about, um, and I think the Moon Lists does this um, well. I love interviews about like the mundanity of yes. life. Oh my god! I just yes. like eat that up. I'm like, tell me more about, you know, the sidewalks around yeah. you, or you know, things that you do in your bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, just these like little little bits of life. I love that. I'm obsessed with like minutia and like yes. other like the boring stuff. Well, seemingly boring stuff other people do. But I'm like, mm-hmm. tell me about your dreams. Tell me about what you ate for breakfast. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell me about yeah. the sidewalks. There's a really good. You might like um, 
this book. It's called The Folding Clocks. I'm looking it up. Ah, folded Clock. Um, it's by, I think, Heidi... Heidi Julevitz. Oh, I like Heidi Julevitz. The Folded Clock, A Diary. Um, and it's like totally about the mundane and the minutiae. Um, it's a diary. It's a record of the interior weather. Oh, I love that. Yeah, uh, I recommend it. it. Came out a couple of years ago. I also really love. Um, I don't know if this blog is still going on, but I check in on it every now and then. Uh, Enormous Eye. Oh, I never heard of it. It's like, inner, it's similar. It's um, what she has people do is, and I think a lot of them are like writers or people who work in media. Um, a lot of them are like in that kind of like New York, Brooklyn group of writers, mm. but she has them keep a diary for a week or a day. I can't remember. It might be a one entire day. Um, but my favorite thing about it is when someone's day is like, you you see these sort of like really really boring things about like oh, I woke up with a hangover, tried to order food on my phone, but it got canceled. Yeah, like these little things, and you can really kind of tell through reading a bunch of these like which people are like performing an excellent day for the sake of <laughs> doing this diary <laughs> versus people who are just like oh yeah, eh, fuck it, I like scratched my crotch. Yeah. I, uh, I ordered like w expensive delivery food and yeah. felt mild shame about it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love I love those like revelations about yeah. the the sort of like less Instagramable portions of our lives yeah. that we all live, and yeah, how comforting it is to be like yeah, I'd like much rather enjoyed reading about this person's like day sleeping in and like wasting the day away versus exactly. like. This other person who's like, I went out to a party and then I went to this, this thing and I saw these people and, you know, like very kind of performative social like dynamism, you know? Yeah. I'm, I recently started do, making like diary comics again, just for yeah. myself right now. But uh, the guiding principle is a quote by Cheryl Strait in which she says, the useless days will add up to something. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Makes me feel better. Well, I'm thanks yes. to your advice, I'm going to gently toilet plunge my soul during this. <laughs> get, during this that, get the snot out. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to touch upon the the planetary retrogrades yeah. again. God, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, I'll just read this little thing I I wrote and pasted in here. Um, so retrogrades are a disruption, a challenge to the usual flow. Uh, we may strive for order and efficient patterns that retrogrades throw chaos at. We may ask, be asked to consider the ways we're on autopilot and to act with more intention and care. Ask yourself what patterns you hold on to because of your values or your identity and interrogate them for their true worth. Ask yourself what your personal values say about consistency, spontaneity, planning, impulses, systems, and chaos. How might you reconsider your relationships to those ideas during this retrograde period? And also another note that like, you know, these 
the further away you get from the sun, the planetary retrogrades kind of like move further away from from your personal experience. Mm. So, you know, Mercury, Venus and Mars tend to be a little bit more personal of retrogrades. Jupiter and Saturn um, kind of concern more your community, your immediate surrounding of of, um, people, close loved ones. And then as you move further and further out, into the solar system, those retrogrades kind of affect humanity as a whole more and more, um, all the way out to Pluto. Um, and I felt like that was a really appropriate place for the planets to be right now, just given what's happening uh, in the world, in this country. Um, it just day after day after day, it feels like this sort of like wearing down mm. of. Um, of our limits of just like more and more and more persecution and more hatred and more, you know, just like more difficulties. And it like reaches this place of, of burnout a lot of the time where it's like, it's, it becomes kind of numbing. And Mm -hmm. I just had this very kind of like dark (laughs) reaction to this sort of, um, you know, correlation right. between, between you know, what's happening out in the world and what's happening kind of on a planetary level. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's a challenge. Um, I don't know. I think Jessica Lignato, uh, when we had her on the show and asked her about what to do about, um, you know, reaching those places of burnout, she gave this really great answer of, you know, give yourself give yourself and then recover and then just get back out there and it's like hard to do that over yeah. and over and over but i i just like keep thinking about how these things come in cycles and um yeah it's like what options are there yeah wait it out or or fight or yeah it's it's a really rough time so we're here for you yep you can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. We have some more music for you. This is System Moon by Sunny and Gabe. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. What you gonna do with all the dough? My mama said I should be laying really, really low. Ten racks run into you, they don't know what you know. It made a Wisdom lies underneath 
Listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Best frequencies forever. We just heard Shuta, Hasanuma, and Uzan with green, gold, gray. That was featuring Ardo Lindsay. Before that was Kaja Bonet with Imposter. And starting off that set was Sunny and Gabe with Sister Moon. Uh, we have a message from uh, <laughs> our, our favorite charming potato, oh, Channing such Tatum. A, <laughs> a, uh, I, I'm not sure if I've relayed this on air before, but I really 
used to struggle with the fact that when it comes to like Harry Potter houses, I'm definitely a Hufflepuff because I want to be a Slytherin until former guest Katie Coyle reminded me. She's like, Beatrix, you know, who's a Hufflepuff, who's like the Hufflepuff mascot. And I was like, no. And she's like, Channing Tatum. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel better. <laughs> and then we also just discovered why did that he's a Taurus and we share the same birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like Taurus is a big Hufflepuff we kind are. of sign. It's right? true. Yeah. We just want to like give you the comfy blankets and snacks and like, yeah, you know, if I if I remember correctly, like the Hufflepuff common room is just soft chairs and pillows yes, and a fireplace. Great. Yes. And it's just like cozy and like vibes. Magic Mike XXL is is a movie totally made by like a Hufflepuff. Like the entire <laughs> premise is yeah. like making women laugh. Yeah. And not Acceptance. objectifying them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh Channing Tatum, Latin for charming potato. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just discovered astrology and oh this uh, is the best video this would have video like save my week we're gonna play it right yeah we're gonna okay. play it i'm gonna start this right now also if you don't know the pattern which he mentioned this is an astrology app okay <laughs> i need i need um some answers okay because I, I don't know if I'm late to this or if I'm early to this, but but what is this pattern shit? It's an app. I just downloaded it called The Pattern, and it asked me to put in my birth date and my time of birth. By the way, how the, how do you how are you supposed to know your time of birth? I hope anyone that does this has a parent that loves them and is that is half responsible because I don't even know how I would have figured that point. out. Anyways, <laughs> how do you know what you know about me, Pattern? People of the pattern, people that use the pattern, you need to DM me right now and tell me how you know this stuff. I don't even know if I want to know this stuff. I don't even know if I want to know. I don't, I don't know if anybody should know this stuff. I was just in therapy yesterday. Oh, so yeah, hard. I'm in therapy. Whatever, everybody should be in therapy. Yes. And I just get a notification on my phone this morning, boop, pops up, and using the exact words that we were, that we were using in therapy. Are, is the phone listening? Is that, are you listening through the phone pattern? Also a good AI, point. the algorithm that is the pattern. Are you listening through my phone and then just regurgitating the stuff that I'm afraid of? And the stuff, you know what? Pattern people, you should just call me. That's what, that's what should happen right now. You should just DM me. If you know so much, you know how to get in touch with me now. Don't, don't oh, you? Shit. So just, just do that. Just, I need answers right now. <laughs> We're definitely sending him a book. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to follow up, too, on, on whether the pattern has, has provided a statement on this. But, uh, yeah, m multiple truths there. Oh, my God. Channing's the kind of guy that I would, if I, like, met him in a bar, I'd be like, who is this dumb, like, goofy golden retriever of a, like, of a bro? And then the minute he, like, opened his mouth, I'd be like, I'm so in love with you. <laughs> I mean, it was like a transformation that happened while watching Magic Mike XXL. And I would like to clarify, it's not because I found him like super hot, but he's just his his very warm persona comes through. He's a vulner bro. He, oh, yes. He, yeah. You you mentioned that off air and I loved that vulner, vulner bro. I think that's uh, more vulner bros in the world, please. Yeah. More a... men copying to be going to therapy because that is hot. Also, shout out to whoever has the username Vulnerabro and 
followed us in the yeah. past week because I was like, oh, that's a that's a species of bro. Uh, everyone should be in therapy. The phone is probably listening. And how do we know our birth time? It's <laughs> it's true. You have yeah. a lot of good points, Channing. Oh man, <laughs> I am like I'm ripe for reviewing of Magic Mike XXL. I recently got to introduce it to somebody who had not seen it, which is like one of the true joys of my existence. It's a special, special process. I realized last night that like the the two things you need to watch to understand me on like a soul level are Magic Mike XXL and the Steely Dan's Making of Asia documentary, <laughs> which is like the nerdiest music <laughs> shit that's ever been made. It's two different species of vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. Uh, but that about about cuts it. Um, with that, should we do some uh, snackoscopes? Sure. Starting with uh, most most vulnerable cancer. Aww, cancers. Um, cancer, you might feel a little like a live wire this week, sparking and starting fires all over the place. You might feel pulled in a million directions, but remember that it's okay to go into a dark closet and close the door for five minutes. To listen to space and silence and coolness and know in your bones that this frantic feeling will pass. Listen to pavement and eat nectarines. Leo, things might seem a bit murky and hazy this week, as though you were driving on a clear night lit by the moon, only to descend into fog that makes you feel disoriented and lost. The best solution for disorientation is to find a small focal point to rest your eyes. A line, a horizon, a song, a poem. Let it be a talisman to guide you back to yourself. Eat Cheetos and listen to Bjork. Virgo, you might feel a slow unfurling this week, like the seeds you planted and forgot about in the dead of winter are finally getting the message that it's safe to grow. Rather than rush these new tendrils, figure out what you can do to support this tender, vulnerable new growth emerging. It might mean you need to listen closely, wait for a message, listen to Beyonce and eat cheese. And you can tweet at us at which radio if you have any insights on the pattern and whether they know things that we don't know. Let us know. Yeah, I'm spooked by like, I feel like we talked about this somewhere, maybe in a book event, but I'm like spooked by algorithms, mm, that, like, yeah. like astrological algorithms, algorithms in general. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I'm like, what am I shaping it? Is it shaping me? Both. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Both. Uh, I'm and with you, Channing. Yeah. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. Here's some more music. This is Bia 1991 with Modern Comforts. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Dude. 
to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Nardede with Free Fallen, 
Before that was The Internet featuring Keitranada with Girl. And starting off that set was Bia 1991 with Modern Comforts. We have some more astrology news today. It seems like a pretty astrology heavy day. So Yeah, thanks Channing. Yeah. <laughs> thanks Eclipse. Thanks Retrogrades. Um, the first piece we have is from Wired. It's got the internet changed astrology. Then came the memes. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on internet astrology and astrology memes? I mean, anyone who's been on Instagram or Twitter in the past couple of years may have noticed a uh, shift of content toward astrology. And I, I agree that there's it, it feels like you can't avoid it now. It's just like a language. It's a cultural uh, way of communicating. It's uh, their jokes. They are ways to um, call out friends. I also um, realized I'm like a target audience because in the embedded in this article, um, the author writes, it's no secret that people on the internet enjoy hyper-personalized content. Who doesn't love a quiz that will tell them what type of bread they are with like a link to click, <laughs> click on the quiz? And I was like, I need to know what type of bread I am like right now. Did you find out? <laughs> no, because I was busy reading the article. But yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to. Um, <laughs> and I will report back if I am like a croissant rising with a muffin, <laughs> muffin moon. <laughs> <laughs> Baguette sun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I think, um, I mean, I I think that touches upon something we've discussed here at length, which is the rise of astrology does kind of parallel the rise of the BuzzFeed quiz. Yes. uh, The rise of these other kinds of like archetypal um, personality systems that uh, we we like to talk about here. These ways of seeing ourselves um, and identifying with, with certain qualities, with certain shapes and colors and uh, textures i do find it i resonated with this article as like an old millennial because i'm a generation that very much remembers of before internet and after internet and so like my introduction to astrology was probably in the like new age section of borders or walden books in the mall Mm -hmm. and it was a giant purple book called like how to decipher your birth chart and mm-hmm. I still have it somewhere and like in the margins it was written down like everybody's birth dates like all my friends and that was the only real like resource I had on like interpreting a birth chart and I think she it's also in this article oh Susan Miller Susan Miller was the first like internet astrologer yeah. I remember coming across and as we've joked on the show it's like definitely astrology for like rich white people <laughs> yeah, you work in Hollywood and you own a mansion. Yeah, and you got to pay a lot of property taxes. Yeah, and like purchase flood insurance. Just <laughs> constantly cautioning. So There's like constantly contracts. So it's it's interesting to like have witnessed this evolution where like it it did seem to be like a very gatekeepy gatekeepery niche for a long time. You know, like they yes. talk about this article, like you, to be a real astrologer, you had to study it for years under other teachers. But as like you have pointed out on this show, maybe somewhat controversially, you're like, well, it's not like a 
an academic it's like a scientific subject yeah like <laughs> like being an expert is, yeah. is really just having paid for these classes that then gave you the certificate exactly um, there's kind of an institutional yeah kind of gatekeeper that is deciding what's valid and what's not so yeah. i can i understand the like perhaps dismay of these old school astrologers who are like hey i came up in a world in which like yeah you had to like pay to learn this knowledge and study it for years mm -hmm. and look at you you know come uppers with your astrology memes yeah yeah that's a really interesting way of uh thinking about it i i think of about how um you know when money witch was on and when uh hey berna was on like this idea of um instagram university of like this new way yeah. of disseminating knowledge disseminating information and how you know you don't need to pay you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to an accredited institution anymore to learn yeah and certainly <laughs> should not have to for something that is is as malleable as as this well i appreciate too that like astrology was like i felt like a very like self-serious subject for mm -hmm. years and like part of this article's argument is like the internet changed astrology by like also finding the humor in it yes which i love you know um like i love those like astrology bingo memes that are like you're a taurus eating snacks smoking weed taking naps <laughs> check each one i'm like check 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 <laughs> no totally it's like it is it's funny to laugh at ourselves for things that um we you know to things that are predictable about ourselves and it's i always laugh when it's like oh astrology astrology isn't real however <laughs> and then there's like something that just like cuts to the core i think that's what makes it so fun yeah is like yeah it's 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 kind of something that we can use to kind of um relate to each other i find that like talking about it even with people who like don't really care that much about it is a great kind of icebreaker into kind of the deeper stuff um it's yeah it acts as kind of like a social practice in a way um and yeah i love the memes i i think sometimes i also i think with most things uh you know you there there can be a point where you're like oh one too many memes totally like yeah, the, I've, I, I've i don't binged on the memes and i yeah i don't need break. to know what cupcake <laughs> my sign is uh, <laughs> totally. but <laughs> i think a lot of the time they catch me off guard and make me laugh and i i like that about them totally um relatedly there is a very long article in lit hub called who needs astrology by tabitha prado richardson this was really great because it yeah. gets into like well i think channing's you know question of like who am I? Like, how do <laughs> yeah. I identify with this information? And like, how do, how does, it, how do people use astrology to like affirm identity? But also, like, when does that become reductive and like a little dangerous? Yeah, you know, which we, you and I like thought a, about a lot when we like wrote the book. You know, um, of like, how do we not make this like? what's up Scorpio you dark moody bastard you know um yeah I'd rather to be like this is there's parts of you and all of these things are are parts of you 
Um, I really loved reading this. Uh, it's from the perspective of a young uh, woman of color who grew up in a an area who uh, where where she didn't see herself in a lot of the public spaces she occupied, and um, she talks about going to her grandmother's astrology lessons and um, kind of you know traversing the path from like I guess I mean I had this experience too when I was a kid where you're you're kind of you don't have the nuance for understanding what these these charts mean and kind of like being resigned to a kind of like one-dimensional um image of yourself and and then kind of like working through to kind of find um the meaning in it and and to find a way that um it brings you into the experience of faith Mm -hmm. um i wanted uh, there was a part in here that i'm scanning through that i liked i really wish you could highlight in browser Oh, I will. I have a pro tip for you, which is, um, it's an, and anybody listening, it's an, it's an extension called Digo, D-I-I-G-O. And it is like a bookmarking tool that also lets you highlight anything that you bookmark and it saves those highlights. Oh, excellent. I'm going to get that. Uh, and sidebar, it's a Capricorn moon tip for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, what I, before you get to your or while you're looking for the piece you wanted to look at I one thing that this article made me think about is like how I appreciate archetyping systems like astrology and the Enneagram because I feel like they both they act as like not static mm-hmm. identifiers for me but I'm 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 both like reassured at times by like the, these certain personality traits I have but also that sometimes they're like cautionary tails you know and so i I, it's like kind of like being a little like throwing like a bowling ball where i'm trying not to get in the gutters you know where it's like i know like the parts of being a taurus i identify with are like oh i think i'm a loyal friend i think i have a really strong snack game (laughs) i think i'm very grounded (laughs) and stable but i can be judgy and i can be stubborn and i can be like stuck in my ways and scared of change and so sometimes like when those lesser desired qualities for me pop up I'm like more aware of them Mm. if that makes sense like I'm more like ooh, there I'm doing that thing it's almost like it gives you bookmarks right it totally gives me bookmarks yeah like the Enneagram has a similar quality to me of like I can sort of see where I am on like a a scale you know of like Mm. for lack of a better term like healthier unhealthier behaviors and I'll be like oop going it's going into the red zone you know um and rather than like feel like i'm doomed to always be like that it's more that i'm just like okay that's like a quality that i have that rather than just like have a knee-jerk reaction to i'm just like yeah all right that's coming up yeah totally it gives you language and tools to kind of like ineffable experiences of self yeah, I always, it's funny because I'm, I'm like also reassured at times. I always see myself as kind of like one of those little like Russian nesting dolls, you know, where <laughs> yeah. it's like, and I'm very attuned to like, I can tell when like I'm growing a new doll skin. <laughs> that sounds gross. Mm, but, like, yeah. but like where I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's some kind of like 
evolution happening or I'm mm-hmm. discarding some former version of myself. Not that it's going to go away forever. It's still always in me. Mm-hmm. But I, I've like left part of it behind. But by the same token, I'm like reassured by certain qualities or tendencies I have that make me feel yeah. kind of like I've got a baseline. Yeah, totally. I think it's sometimes like it can be so um, it can be such an affirming experience to just have the words for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to just like words can some like words can be limiting, but words can also kind of be a container to flow yourself into. Yeah, that's you know? a good way of looking at it—a container. Yeah. Oh, I found this. Okay. This. Um, so this is one of the passages. This relates to what we were just talking about with the memes. Um, the sheer volume of memes led to its own complexity of meaning, often reflecting the creator's personal experiences with other people, coded by their individual signs. I think this kind of simple, joyful engagement, while reliant on astrological stereotypes, isn't quite equivalent to the typical reductive sun sign astrology of decades past. The messy sprawl of diverse astrological content is one reason, but the uh, but another is the general lack of interest in proving astrology to be real or justifying its practice. Mm. There's less of an investment in being totally rational or logical. It operates on the same level as having lucky omens, soulmates, believing in ghost stories, concepts which aren't fully filled out, stable or coherent, leading them to fluctuate in significance. These things can feel so real, even as you know your own understanding is piecemeal. Mm. It affects us as a twinge or a jolt or a shiver. It disjoints from the framework of rational existence, both as emotional epiphany and silly tweet. <laughs> so true. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of like sometimes it's it feels like it's just a poke or a tickle. And you're like, oh, yeah, that like changed the way that my eyeballs were aligned. And now, you know, I have a different way of 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 dealing with what seemed like you know, just so heavy and, and difficult. Totally, yeah. And, like, she also writes, and I feel like this sums up really astrology very well. Astrology is vague enough to carry both optimism and pessimism depending on emotional necessity, mm, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really true. And then she kind of gives this, what I feel like is a direct answer to Channing's question, where she talks about, like, um, you know, being up and crying and it's 4 a.m. and you need something to calm yourself down because you have a doctor's appointment you can't miss the next day you've been sleeping in too much and mornings are supposed to be the most productive time of day and anxious thoughts keep rattling your brain uh she goes but a little bit of magic can filter in like a slight breeze when you check your astrology app and see that jupiter has moved into sagittarius a traditionally lucky and benevolent placement in that moment Things feel a bit more in place, and I half know it's not true, but my heart has slowed down because I remember that both the planets and my feelings keep moving. Yeah. Oh, man. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. It's it like, all keeps moving. <laughs> it's like a great way of self-soothing. Even Yeah. Like, I, I think in many of our book events, we've talked about this idea of, like, truth and belief is not really the point even though that's like the place that people go um to try to to try to invalidate it it's this sort of it is sort of like a lucky charm or it is sort of like this 
um, like lucky narrative, if you will. Um, yeah. We narrative can be self-soothing in, in totally. That way. Yeah. yeah, and it can give you, you know, like by the same token, like narrative, like personal narratives can also be destructive. Yes, and so like sometimes things like astrology or tarot offer an alternate narrative yeah you know yeah. or like another like well you could look at it this way but you could also look at it this way and you're like oh cool a different version of the story that is helpful yeah uh i think the human brain is is very creative but when we get stuck in our own space we don't have as many kind of references yeah um and you know, the more workaholic <laughs> our society gets, the yeah. less the less we get references that are kind of like outside of our immediate surroundings and the things that we have to tend to on a daily basis. And yeah, it's kind of nice to to be reminded of these other objects that are hurtling through space, just like we are. That sometimes give us that little nudge, or that give us like extra kind of yeah. material for our brain to work with. Totally, I had. Um friend of the show Sarah Fontaine read my birth chart earlier this year she was like she was one that's like yo you got a lot of Uranus transits coming up and you are a Taurus and you do not like change and you are gonna need to like buckle up bitch and we shouldn't say that that was my imagining Sarah being like buckle up bitch (laughs) that was my interpretation but it was weirdly like helpful because I was like okay I don't know what's coming, but like, I just know to like, you know, sit through it and like move with it. And that Mm -hmm. was like a weirdly helpful nudge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think about, um, I think probably Sarah, probably Money Witch. I'm thinking of like people who've, who've seen my chart before and talking about the ideas of like, impulsivity versus inspiration Mm. and um you know what things from your chart are you holding on to and using as an excuse versus using as like a stepping off point from from, you know where you are yeah it's uh it's neutral i Mm -hmm. guess it can be used in uh in which whichever way you choose yeah uh and on that note we have some more stethoscopes so libra this is a week where the beauty and heartbreak of everything might fill you with tears over and over imagine yourself as a weight that is constantly calibrating although it can feel exhausting and overwhelming the truth is that it means you're alive you're a human being and you have the capacity to feel the world deeply eat guacamole and listen to graham parsons scorpio you might feel like a tender bruise this week blooming all violet and dark midnight blue being an emotional bowling ball can be hard What can you do to make yourself soft and safe when you let these things heal? Sometimes regeneration takes an ability to know when to stand down, when to be your own best nurse and friend. Listen to Tori Amos and eat peaches. And Sagittarius, this might feel like an uphill week, like battles and fights are appearing out of nowhere with the sole purpose of tiring you out. It might be a good time to do the opposite of what you feel like doing, to walk away, to choose with care where to put your energy and time. The static and fog and confusion will clear up eventually. Eat pizza. Listen to Diana Ross. I really like the turn of phrase. Um, emotional bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just got to try to get in the bu- stay between the bumper lanes. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just a heavy, yeah. heavy bullet yeah. rolling down. Yeah. 
Uh, we are on Twitter at Witch Radio. Tweet at us if you have some astrology insights for us, or if you want us to, you know, give you a little astrological emoji spell. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. And I just want to mention our BFF.fm Summer Sustainer. Uh, you can go to bff.fm slash summer sustainer to find more uh, to, to find out more uh, about how you can contribute to um, this little radio station that is completely listener and DJ funded um, so help us stay alive and strong donate whatever you can monthly uh, to be a bestie it's just the low, low cost of $10 a month, and uh, you get a bunch of cool prizes if you become a bestie. And I'm a bestie. Um, yeah. And make a note if you do that uh, Astral Projection Radio Hour sent you, and uh, we will send you a special magical surprise. Yes. And we have some more music for you. This is Cast Away by Yuna and Tyler, the creator. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. I'm trying. 
your direction and now I'm flying to the door. Am I being used? Question kind of dumb, it's rhetorical and some at this point I wanna run. I don't need no handout. I'm a cook solo and we'll see how it pan out. Make it too hot, I might have to bring the fan out now to drown you out. I ain't know it could blow that loud, damn. We don't work out, your belly is on horizon. You don't hear me now, you really don't have horizon. Do we need sirens? Cause I need help. If I was a pair of pants, I'd be looking for a belt. Cause you always bring me down and I'm looking for an up. So it's gotten to a point where I do the shit myself. Am I being used? Question kind of dumb, it's rhetorical and some. At this point, I wanna run.
leave this planet to our enemies Got a solar system in my beat the beast And my twist out shitting on gravity I'm unstable, heavy star All the crosshairs pointing up to where we are I'm a bad one, baby, I'm a warrior Never let them shame me out of my anger I just gotta get away from the earth, man This marble was doomed from the start Listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Jamila Woods featuring The Mind and Jasmine Fire with Sun Ra. Before that was Lucene featuring Jen Champion with Not Alone. And starting off that set was Yuna and Tyler the Creator with Castaway. So we have an obligatory, uh, we, we have two updates, two, two important uh, <laughs> objects. First, I want to know what bread you are. Yeah. So first is bread. <laughs> um, we took the BuzzFeed quiz, which type of bread are you, which we mentioned uh, on our last break. Who is the, the 90s sitcom duo you and your best friend are most similar to? I picked the Fresh Prince. Oh, I picked Seinfeld and George Costanza. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm very much the George Costanza of my friendships. 
I picked the, uh, well, so for favorite cooking show host, I sadly don't recognize mm. a lot of these people, and so I picked Guy Fieri. <laughs> he was like, I was s- like, you know. He was like squeezing a bottle of ketchup onto something and looking yeah, really pumped. Like, ah. I picked Ina Garten in the top left corner because okay. I really aspire to her relationship uh, with her husband, Jeffrey, where she just... They, like, never had kids. She just, like, makes him his favorite chicken every week. You know... He really supports her. I'm like, that's, like, my... That's a dream, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's good information because I didn't know what she looked like, but I have used her chicken recipe Yeah, before. she d- developed it for Jeffrey, her husband. Oh. And, like... And it's really cute. They... Backstory. Sidebar note. I'm very fascinated by their relationship. But she, she, she was, like... They were both had totally different careers. She may have been in like the government and was like a opened a little culinary store on the side and then basically took off as like this cookbook writer. Whoa. And then yeah, he just like he's one of those great like work husbands who just like totally supports everything she does. That's wonderful. Yeah. So she makes yeah. some chicken every week. <laughs> Seems so, like a fair exchange. Well deserved chicken. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I got soft pretzels. That makes says. a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I was surprised because I, I didn't know what the options were. <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh, yeah, the description is, um, you're a little bit twisted and you're super salty. <laughs> Some people like you when you're frozen, but you know you're at your best when you're fresh out of the oven. Oh, yeah. are you somebody who, like, dips your, uh, soft pretzels in a condiment? Yeah, you know, I really love, uh, like, nacho cheese <laughs> with my soft pretzels. Um, oh, I've never had that come. I'm usually a mustard Mustard is person. also good. Yeah, I like mustard. Um, and how about you? What I you? got challah. A little sweet and edgy. And I work a braid like no one's business. Mm, it's true. Can be a bit seedy, but that just gives me more flavor. Uh, which now makes me really want to make some hala. Also, uh, sneak peek that while you are away uh, at your wolf residency uh, over the next few weeks, uh, we will be having a special crossover show with the Chalky Horror Radio Show. It's going to be the Astral Horror Radio Show Hour. Oh, excellent. And we're going to do a really definitive chicken tender and dipping sauce ranking wow yeah i am looking forward to that yeah i think this is something that we we agree on is chicken tenders are the best food yeah um yeah my i it came to me because uh there's a lot of great like fast food news on that show yeah uh so i learned that mcdonald's is putting out in certain locations spicy chicken tenders soon wow very exciting which led me to be like can we do a definitive tender ranking you know how people say that thing about like pizza like all pizza i don't know like even bad pizza is good that's not true yeah i know that's not true but i also like i feel that way like maybe 90 percent, maybe like 85 percent of the time about chicken tenders yeah a lot of them are like even the cheapo fast food ones are like excellent. I I agree. Yeah, even the like hot foods barred Safeway tenders, yeah. excellent. Some of the best. Some of the best. Uh, I had the really great staycation experience this weekend of getting to like Miss Havisham swan around like a Victorian mansion alone 
And the only contact I had with the outside world was going to pick up Popeye's chicken tenders oh, and yeah. then going to like so stock the owls in Golden Gate Park. It's like my dream vacation. <laughs> I was like, this is such a great self vacation. So good. Yeah. I know how to treat myself. Yeah. Yeah. That Popeye's is also yeah. a very good Popeye's. right around the corner. It's yeah. great. Dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then other. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Second. The second loaf we'll talk about. <laughs> cosmic is, loaf. Yeah. Cos- <laughs> cosmic baguette. Yeah. You know? um, it really does resemble a baguette. Yes, it does. Like if you left one in the oven a little bit too long. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. Um, our, our favorite interstellar object, Oumuamua. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. I think we've to, covered every angle of this every story. <laughs> I, had, I had to turn off my uh, ad blocker in order to, <laughs> to access this, this, uh, this piece. But the headline reads, Scientists regret to inform you that this mystery space object is, in parentheses, probably not aliens. I mean, it's like a disclaimer. You need those parentheses in there. And I like this quote from uh, <laughs> one of the scientists, Matthew Knight. He says... I don't want to completely say it's not aliens because we didn't actually go to it and see it up close. (laughs) But I think that's a very unlikely possibility. So that's a really, like, dim view of aliens. Like, who's to say you could even see the aliens if you got up close? They might be invisible or in a different form. Or or really small, you know. Or like a gas. Yeah. You never know. Um, Yeah, so why... And now are we saying it's not aliens? Is there some new evidence? <laughs> so I guess they have a little bit of data mm-hmm. about this um, object as it hurtled past our planet. And they were unable to find any compelling evidence to favor an alien explanation for it outside of I'm guessing this is like an Occam's razor kind of thing where Mm. they were able to kind of explain it away by saying that it's just a you know piece of rock that whizzed by us and it moved really strangely because it's like baguette shaped and it could have been a comet it could have been you know like all these other kind of objects planetesimal i think is how they categorize it i love um, that word yeah planetesimal a um, little little planet little uh not not big enough to be round as larger things kind of like tend toward a roundness this is smaller so cigar shaped also kind of gory imagery in that uh it's the idea that it's probably just a leftover remnant from another solar system's birth process. Mm, it's like a placenta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little belly button fluff yeah. from another birth. Um, so uh, what we do know is that um, it is the first interstellar object to be observed, but probably won't be the last. Um, and now that we're aware of interstellar objects, we might see one every year from um, now on. And uh, I guess at this at the point that this article was written, which is early July, Umwama was just beyond Saturn. Oh. Um, so it'll be zooming out of our solar system for the next few hundreds of years. I hope it's not lonely. Yeah, I hope, hope not too. Yeah. hope we were visited again by an odd-shaped blob. Yeah. Um, I, I think way, way, way out past um, Pluto... Uh, I remember earlier this year, uh, there was a little snowman spotted, you know, a little snow, oh, snowman yeah, yeah, shaped yeah. planetesimal. 
it's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe we'll get another one kind of closer to us. But yeah, yeah. Good, good update from our favorite cigar-shaped rock. Uh, and we have some more snackoscopes. So, Capricorn, this is a week where normalcy might burn its wheels in the pavement of your life, making an abrupt U-turn to an unknown destination. This will probably make you feel a little crazy. See if you can exist at the border of crying and laughing. See what new thoughts can spring from that place. Look for new guideposts to navigate by. Eat sushi and listen to Chic. Aquarius, you might feel like you're in a rut this week, like the world has taken on a strange dullness. This happens to everyone, and the way out of it is to do something your brain can't easily predict the outcome of. Take a different route to work, do things at the opposite time as you normally do them, strike up conversations with strangers, listen to Abra, and eat pickles. Pisces, this is a good week to get grounded in what's real, to look people in the eye and let words come out of your mouth and dig your fingers in the dirt. You might feel like you're drowning. You might feel like you'll never grab onto something solid again. Trust in the things you can see, smell, touch, taste, and name. Let them fill you. Listen to Brian Eno and eat corn. And you can follow us on Twitter at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. I have some more music for you. This is Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes with Love Beams. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Support our summer sustainer over at bff.fm slash summer sustainer.
You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Claude Fontaine with Cry for Another, and before that was Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes with Love Beams. And we've arrived at the end of our show in our last set of Snackoscopes. Aries, this might be a good week to come clean with yourself about your motives and relationships. What stories are you telling yourself about your behaviors and the behaviors of other people? Sometimes these stories need to tune up in order to shake the patterns and loops we find ourselves in, both with ourselves and others. Eat a sandwich and listen to Tool. Taurus, you might feel like burying yourself in the dirt this week, content to let the unstable electricity of the world swirl around above you, but the truth is that you are in this life, and stepping into the fray and uncertainty will only strengthen those wobbly muscles of being okay with not knowing what happens next. Stand up and see. Listen to Beach House, neat greets. Gemini, it's not that you don't like the unpredictable, but sometimes even you need a break from the chaos of other people's energy. Though it can be hard to sit still, see what happens if you let your brain empty out all its inputs for a minute or ten. Who knows what strange new shapes and colors might generate out of this nothingness. Eat a brownie and listen to Bully. And I will be out in uh, the Midwest for a couple weeks. Beatrix, you're going to hold down the fort with uh, Chalky. Uh, one of these next two weeks. Yeah, and then uh, I'll join you. So if yeah, if, if you're in Minneapolis, a, we're doing a little party for the book. Yeah, it's um, it'll be on the day of Lamas, Ooh. which is um, I think it's loaf mass. Loaf if, mass. So uh, it's Delicious. it's a it's a big harvest feast in the beginning of August. So we'll have some loaves. Um, we're going to do a book event over at the future. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you may remember Lacey Perpich Hedke, who runs that space over there. So we're going to do a little book launch party slash ritual slash maybe workshop. Yeah, I'll we'll give more info on about it when I'm on Awesome. in the next two weeks. Yeah, and... Uh, I will see you after that, and we'll see Beatrix before then. Yes. Uh, and we're going to leave you with a song from 70, 79.5 called Sisters Unarmed. You've been listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour. Next up is The Hanging Garden. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Witch Radio. Bye. See you soon. What you say?